Good morning, church. Y'all, I feel like I'm coming in hot. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful to be with you guys this morning. I um, want to welcome those who are joining us online. Um, it just, I don't know about you, but this series, this worship series of going behind the music, understanding what is the gospel truth, you know, in these songs have really been ministering to my heart. Um, again, if you have not been with us, um, behind the music, we are going behind the music. Our first week was Jaira. Uh, I always don't call it Jaira, but Jaira. Um, and, you know, in that song, we walked away um, asking ourselves, do we believe that God is enough? And if we believe that he is enough, do we believe that he can provide for us? Second week, we talked about, Lord, I need you. And then, you know, I walked away thinking, you know, question that David asked was, do I live a life that reflects that I need the Lord? Not just every now and then when I'm in trouble, but that I need him every single day. You know, I encourage you, if you haven't gone and listened or you, you weren't able to listen to it, go back, listen to it. They are great. What I also love that David said last week is that, you know, these songs that we chose, they may not be the most popular song, may not be your most favorite songs. But what we believe truly as a staff within our hearts, they are the songs that the Lord said, relentless needs to know the gospel behind. And so that's why they've been chosen. So, before I get into the song today, because I already feel it, I feel it, um, but I got a little confession. Okay, don't get too nervous, because you know when you know, pastors start talking about I got a confession, and people are like, oh Lord, what they about to say? But, so, my confession is TikTok, okay, TikTok, people, it's taking a little bit too much of my time than I care to admit, okay? When it starts speaking into your life, I was like, I'm going to have to pull back on TikTok. So here's my, one of my favorite TikToks is this conversation where it's two people and they're talking to another person. Well, they're talking to each other and there's another person. And the conversation is, she don't see us. I don't know if you've heard this. Who's, who's seen that, that video before? Where she's like, she don't see us. And then, see, it's from Medea, see? I knew, I knew some people would see. And so, um, so then it's like it was Medea and her friend sitting on the couch, and then I think it was a teenager, and it must have been some argument or something like that. And so <laughs> Medea's like, she don't see us. And then um, she's talking to her friend. Her friend, she then asked her friend, she was like, well, do you see me? And the friend was like, yes, girl, I see you. You see me? And then she was like, yes. And so it goes on a little bit more, but there's a little bit of language, so I, I'm cutting it there. But, you know, it's just, I had this, again, TikTok invading my life. So I was at the sandwich shop, ordered my sandwich. Guy was so nice, went in the back, you know, told the other person, you know, what my sandwich order was, right? So then there's this other guy. You know, you order your sandwich, you go down the line, you wait to pay for your sandwich. So I'm, like, standing there waiting to pay for my sandwich. And this guy behind the counter, he's sweeping, he's cleaning, he's doing all kind of things. I'm thinking, like, you don't see me? <laughs> like, you know? And then I was like, but that's okay, that's okay. You know, he's he just going to finish cleaning up, then he's going to get to me. Just patience, Joy, patience, right? No, uh-uh. It took more than a couple of seconds. So now I'm really, like, that TikTok conversation happening in my head, I turned around to look to see who else was in the sandwich shop. Somebody was eating. 
And I literally, in my brain, I said, ooh, Lord. In my brain, I looked at the guy, and I really want to say out loud, he don't see me standing here, like, trying to pay for my sandwich. You know, the Lord brought that up to me because sometimes we experience that in our lives. Have you ever had that experience where you felt like, man, they don't see me? Or maybe it's worse. Maybe they see you, maybe they know your name, but they don't care to get to know anything else about you. Right? Now, let's take it a step further. Maybe it's not just people that you've experienced that with. Maybe in your own quiet time by yourself, you've asked that question about God. Maybe you've talked to a friend, talked to a loved one, and said, you don't see me? You know, I have. I've had those moments when life was hard, you know, overwhelming, unbearable, or when times like when doubt came in and fear and my insecurities raised up. And I'm like, God, you, you see me? You know me? Now, I know the truth. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. But I've had those moments. Today, we're going to walk through the song, You Know My Name. It's one of my favorite songs. I couldn't figure out why it was one of my favorite songs, but as I started going behind the music and thinking through what this song is talking about, then I realized, like, this song is, like, legit my life testimony, okay? (laughs) There was a lot of times in my life that I felt like, I was unseen or I was unloved. And when I and coming to this realization that God loves me. Fun fact. So this, this song was written with, uh, co-written with Brenton Brown. And it started just off that one line, you know my name. She said he sang that song and then from there the whole song basically wrote itself. You know, I think, you know, So as this song, again, for her, she mentioned that it was a testimony. It was stages of what she went through as she came into a life of Christ, a relationship with the Lord. And so for me, I wanted to share with you guys the two truths that are foundational that I found within this song. But really, they're also foundational truths, and they've been the foundational truth that's in my life. And I believe that if these truths settle, not just within your head, within your heart, that it would change your relationship, or even it would change and be that pivotal point of, if you're in here and you're seeking and you're like, I don't know, does he see me? That this may be something that would help you to know that, to know, to know that truth. So our first truth for today is God, the creator of heaven and earth, knows our name, okay? God is our creator. He knows our name because he alone created us. We have been created in God's image with the ability to know him and for him to know us. Psalms 139 says, for you've created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's room. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days are ordained for me and were written in your book before one of them came to be. As our creator, he knew us before we were even thought of. 
I mean, how incredible is that truth, that he knew you before you were even thought of? He doesn't just know our names. He's not just our creator, but he actually knows every single thing about you. Every single thing. I love how Psalms expresses it. It says, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and you discern my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, or you hem, sorry, you hem me in behind and before. And that, is, to just explain what that means, that means that, like, if you can imagine being swaddled, God wants to swaddle you. Think about that. Where he's saying, I am going to protect you. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Your right hand will hold me fast. This truth can be hard to believe at times. Because there's a real enemy that's out there that wants us to believe his lies. And one of the lies that he wants us to believe, that our Father God created us but actually cares nothing about us. Have you struggled with that before? Again, I know I have. You know, reading um, verses like Psalms 139, you know, singing and worshiping through songs that says with the words, you know my name. It really helps me to combat the lies. It reminds me that no matter what I'm feeling or struggling with at the moment, that God, my creator, sees me and knows me. He sees you and he knows you. So our second truth for today. God loves us and wants to build a relationship with us. God loves us. God loves us. A couple of weeks ago, we were reminded of this truth. We were discussing the song, Jaira. And one of the uh, lines that I love, it says, I will never be more loved than I am right now. I mean, if you can really get that into your brain, there is, whether you were in relationship with him or not, there is literally nothing that you can do to make him love you any more or any less than he does right now. I understand that sometimes this truth can be hard to accept, especially when we weighed it against other people's um, actions, especially those who are supposed to be the ones to show us what love is. But it's true. He loves us. So I'm going to show you a picture of me and my dad. And... Jesus. Um, this story is, is more than I, I, I have to really get into right now. But God. You know, in my early relationship with God, I struggled a lot with accepting his love. 
In my head, I knew he loved me, but in my heart, the process and the time that it took for trusting that he loved me was hard. And it was hard because in my relationship with my actual father, or my relationship with my actual father was not the best. And so my view of what a father's love was, rejection, abandonment, untrustworthiness, disappointment. Those views clouded my ability to see who God truly was, that he's loving, that he is ever-present, that he is most trustworthy. You know, maybe you're sitting here today and you can relate to my story. Maybe your story is a little bit different. Maybe the issues are a little bit different. Maybe you experienced not just your father or your mother. Maybe there was um, judgmental. Maybe it was critical. Maybe, and sadly, it was abuse. The list really could go on and on. Maybe this is not your story at all. And what a blessing. Maybe you had an amazing parents, an amazing in, in this flawed, right, parents, but they did the best that they could for you. But here is a truth I need you to understand today. That whether your parents were good, bad, or complicated, that God's love is nothing like our earthly parents. Nothing like our earthly parents. It took me some time to accept that truth. But he is nothing like anyone who was supposed to love you. His love is perfect. It is perfect. And what are the, one of the most amazing things I continue to find is that his love isn't just perfect, but it is relentless. It is always pursuing us. Whether you are in relationship with him now or you are not, he is pursuing you. He, everyone in each of one of these seats, he knows you, he loves you, he is pursuing you. He wants a relationship. Now, I'm not going to lie. He ain't going to not stop pursuing you. But his ultimate desire is not just that pursuit, but it what, it's what comes after that pursuit, a relationship. God's original design for us. Here's a key fact. He didn't need us. God doesn't need us. He don't need you. He wanted you. I mean, even just that statement right there, how much would that change the scope of your life today and going throughout the next, this rest of this week? That he didn't need you, but he wanted you. You know, the reason that he created us so differently from creation is because he wanted to have the ability to communicate. He wanted to have the ability to walk in close relationship with us and to have understanding that we understand him and he understands us. But there was an enemy. And the enemy wanted to destroy that plan. So in Genesis 3, we learn that the enemy set out a plan to deceive Adam and Eve, and they committed a sin in disobeying God. 
I, I encourage you to go into the Bible and, and dig more deeper into that story or find one of us leaders and we'll be happy to talk with you about it. But the choice for Adam and Eve to commit that sin that day caused sin to enter into all the world, which caused a separation from us from God. Okay? And it's the separation from the fullness of his love and from the fullness of a relationship with him. But how amazing is it to know that God had a greater plan? He had a greater plan. His, in his perfect love and goodness, he had a greater plan to reconcile us back, to bring us back together in the fullness of love and relationship forever. Like it's a final plan. Like it's done. Done as the kids say, right? Uh, and in that, he allowed his son Jesus to sacrifice his life for our sins. For our sins past, present, and future. That is how much he loves us. That is how much he desires to have a relationship with each and every one of you. Is he sacrificed his son to build a bridge back into relationship with him for those who want it. There's, the whole Bible speaks to this truth. But one of the most familiar verses would be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. Again, can't say it enough. You are loved. Whatever circumstances you face today, God is looking down upon you with love. One of my, my other um, lines within the song, You Know My Name, is, Oh, how he, oh, how you walk with me. Oh, how you talk with me. Oh, how you tell me that I am your own. We are his. His love is not contingent upon you loving him back. His love is not even contingent upon you having a relationship with him. But his ultimate desire is that you would experience what he intended in that original plan. That deep, close, intimate relationship with him. Where you are adopted into his family. And in that new relationship with him, he grabs hold of your hand. And he promises you. That nothing, nothing can separate you from the fullness of his love and from the fullness of relationship with him. Romans 3, 37 to 39 says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, neither or nor anything else in all of create all of creation. That's a lot of things, y'all. All of creation, in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So as a counselor, at heart, by training, I always give this caveat. God wants a relationship with you. But he doesn't want a robot. He doesn't want a forced relationship. One of the lines um, I find myself telling um, people when I'm talking to them about God, especially those who have experienced abuse in one way or another, and I have to let them know that God is a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to go into any of area of your life, of your heart, that you don't invite him into. But he wants to be there. He wants to help. You know, in God's goodness and his love, it is it's so like him to match up um, something that I was reading and also how I was preparing for um, this song today. And um, if you're not familiar, we as a church are reading Mark 5 together. And in reading Mark 5, I came across a story that just it, it epitomizes what I'm saying today. And the story is from Mark 5, 525. I'm going to set the stage. So it was a religious father that asked Jesus, hey, my daughter is sick. Can you come heal her? And Jesus said, yes, I can. So literally, there is a whole crowd of people going with Jesus to see this miracle. On their way, this is what happened. Mark 5, 25. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to the bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now, right there, the story could stop, right? I mean, she got her miracle. We could praise God just upon that story alone. But I believe that God went further within that story because he wanted to emphasize something. He wanted to emphasize that not only was she healed, but she was seen. Okay? So verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around. Like, what? And he said, in the crowd... He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, okay, one of the disciples was trying to be smart Alec in this moment, okay? And what they said, uh, you see these people crowding against you? You know, his disciples said, and yet you asked, who touched me? Like Jesus, like we, we know you the son of God and all, but... Uh, this is a little bit much. But Jesus kept looking. Y'all know he will look for you 
no matter what the crowd says, that he will look for you individually. He kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. All right, let me give you a little history why she would be trembling with fear. Because in the culture, in the culture and also laws of the Jewish people, it literally was illegal for a woman that was on her time, we all understand what that means, right? Okay. That <laughs> on her time for her to touch anything. Because when she touched anything, it was considered unclean. Imagine that. This table, unclean. Any person, unclean. This woman was so desperate, needing to be seen. She had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. That means that she had been ostracized. Like literally, she couldn't even be around the community because for 12 years, she was considered unclean, untouchable. Can you think about the depths of feeling like no one cares, no one sees me? You know how like sometimes you go through a situation and there's like this time where you feel like, oh, you know, everybody's around you. They understand the situation. They're grieving with you, right? Then there's this like other time that comes where you're like kind of beyond the crisis moment of whatever that grief or loss is. And there's this uncomfortability of where you feel like people think that you should be moved on from whatever the situation is. But you're not. 12 years. I loved how um, one of the notes in my Bible is said, how amazing that God would emphasize this woman that was considered to be unclean for so long. She touched Jesus. So I'm sure everybody in that crowd is thinking, I know she didn't touch the son of God. She knows she's unclean. You know? But her faith knew that he would make her whole. And Jesus, for the emphasis, pointed her out to say, I see you, I love you, and just so everybody else in here knows what they thought you can make unclean, I have made clean. He loves you. He sees you. He wants a relationship with you. This is what he said to her. Daughter. She was in the fold now. She was in that deep relationship with him. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. I mean, what a picture of God's love for us. That Jesus wanted her to know, I see you. He sees you. In whatever depths or wherever you are today whether you know him, you're seeking him, 
or you knew him and you're afar. He sees you. He will meet you where you are. He literally will come. He's like, if you can imagine, like this is Jesus and Jesus is just standing next to you, just waiting for you to turn towards him. He desires to make you whole. And that wholeness comes in that relationship with him. One of my favorite songs of You Know My Name, or one of my favorite lines of You Know My Name is, um, says, so now I pour out my heart to you. We're going to call it the worship team now. So now I pour out my heart to you. Here in your presence, I am made new. In his presence, he is your creator. He loves you. He wants a deep and intimate, close relationship with you. You know, we're going to take the rest of this time, and we're going to worship through the song, You Know My Name Again. And my hope and my prayer is that as you're worshiping in this song, whatever came up in you, whatever truth came up that you felt like, I need to grab onto that truth, that you are going to pour out your heart to him, that you are going to feel his presence, and that you are going to know and believe and trust that he is going to make you new. As we sing, here are some questions that may help you. How many times have you walked around feeling and believing that no one sees and no one cares what you're going through? Again, the truth is God sees you and he knows you. What truth do you need to lock in on today? What area of your life or your heart are you asking God to make you new? Again, these words can become a declaration. They can be that metaphor for you reaching out to touch the hem of his robe. I'm going to pray for us, church. Lord, as we worship you, as we sing of your goodness, I pray, Father, that you would help us to pour our hearts to you, that you would help us to grab onto these truths, that you would help us to allow you into the areas of our life and the areas of our heart that needs to be made new. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you continue to search after us. Thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Let's worship, church.
you know it, feel free to sing along. Yes, you know my name. Make it personal to God. Yes, you know my name. Oh, how he walks with me. And oh, how you walk with me. And oh, how you talk with me. He knows us intimately. And oh, how you tell me that I am your own. Though now I pour out my heart to you. presence I am made new we pour out our hearts to you oh God though now I pour out my heart to you here in your presence Cause you know my name regardless of the names that have been attached to us you know my name thank you God yes you know Oh, how you talk with me. And oh, how you tell me that I am your own. Oh, God, you know me. So I trust you with my life. your victory because your power is within me no giant can defeat me because you hold my hand no fire can burn no me battle. no battle can turn no me mountain. no mountain can stop me why because you, you hold my hand i'm walking and i'm walking in your victory Cause your power is within no giant Can defeat me why? Because you hold my hand You hold my hand We have nothing to be afraid of
for this time. We thank you for the reminders that Joy has given us as we step into our week, Father. Thank you for just reminding us that no name that has attached ourselves, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's ourselves telling us we are not good enough. Lord, we just thank you for seeing us and knowing us and knowing our name and knowing everything about us that helps you walk us through everything that we have to walk through today and days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Y'all enjoy your week.